0: Amen. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to Jesus. Uh, that the number, and this is just counting uh, priests, bishops, monastics, male and female, uh, all together deacons, uh, uh, they estimate as many as 250,000 died under that regime. That, of course, is just a small figure compared uh, to some total of those who died under uh, Stalin's purges, and his camps, and things like that. Um, nonetheless, we commemorate uh, those not just clergy uh, but faithful who died from that. Um, in the 19th century in Russia, uh, the brilliant writer uh, Fyodor Dostoevsky was writing, and uh, many of the things that he wrote about uh, were very much uh, sensitive to what was going on in his day and time, very aware of social movements. He himself, uh, at an early point in his uh, youth, uh, as a young man, was a socialist. Um, little more than just being uh, an American socialist, a little more revolutionary than that, as a socialist. In fact, uh, got arrested as part of a plot, a revolutionary plot, and was sentenced to death. Uh, and at the last minute, uh, before he was to be uh, placed at the stake and shot, uh, a writer came from the Tsar. Uh, commuting their sentence. Uh, and so he and a number of others spent uh, four years in exile in Siberia. Uh, we, he writes, we have some account of that uh, from one of his novels. But it changed his life. Um, and he, uh, it was uh, while he was in prison that he kind of regained his childhood faith, of his orthodoxy, and kind of saw through uh, what had been the folly of his youth of his novels, one of the most insightful people, writing both about human nature, but also about the 19th century, and a lot of intellectual mistakes that were going on, particularly on the intelligentsia, of well, whom he was one, uh, these mistakes that were going on there and in Europe. And uh, in the voices of a number of his characters, uh, and particularly his novel uh, The Demons, warns about what was possibly going to take place, such that many people uh, on this side of what happened in the 20th century look back and read Dostoevsky as having been something of a prophet uh, about the, the difficulties that would come. Uh, one of the uh, one of his characters, a uh, main character in uh, The Brothers Karamazov, was the elder Zosina who is uh, sort of a composite monastic elder, a a figure. And uh, Zosima um, at one point very famously says uh, that each of us, each man, he said, must realize that he is guilty of the sins of the whole world. At least that's the way the uh, English translation has it. I would prefer to translate it. Each of us must recognize that he's responsible for the sins of the whole world. And it's that that I want to think about uh, as we commemorate uh, these uh, new martyrs and confessors of Russia. Um, What happened uh, under the Bolsheviks and under Stalin and and some of their successors uh, didn't happen in a non Christian land. Uh, We say, Holy Rus. uh, Russia before the revolution was certainly more Christian than America could ever claim to be. It was not just Christian; it was Orthodox Christians, Pravoslav. It was, you know, thought of itself as a holy land, a land produced saints. 1830s, you had Saint Seraphim seraph, other great uh, great saints had come from there. Uh, Many, many pious examples. Uh, So that what came about. Uh, wasn't like, and suddenly they were invaded by communists. No, they were homegrown. Uh, many of the intelligentsia, that is the leaders, the electoral leaders of that movement had in fact been trained in seminaries. The reason being was that the church had a, a great a role, a major role, uh, in just general education. So Stalin, for instance, famously, was a seminarian. What seminary? You know, uh, and so you have those things. This is not some, some foreigner. Uh, this was homegrown. You know, this is why later in the 20th century, sultanism would write and said the line dividing good and evil doesn't run between people or between groups of people. He said, that would be so very easy. He said, instead it runs through each human heart. Uh, In our country, we talk about being divided today, uh, and we are, and as I look and listen to people on social media and stuff like that, uh, the amount of absolute just hatred and things that are said, including my brothers and sisters in the Orthodox faith, about other brothers and sisters in the Orthodox faith. You know, just totally demonizing one another as if these people were from another planet. And they brought these crazy ideas and their candidates with them. And we have to recognize, like, no, 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 they is us. This is a we business. Whatever it is we have in our nation that you may not like, you invented it. We should make no mistake about it. We invented it. It is I was speaking at a conference uh, a year or two back in Denver, Colorado, a conference on the topic of marriage. It was at Denver Seminary, the great evangelical seminary, and I was <coughs> invited along with a lone Catholic speaker to represent all of orthodoxy. And it was a Catholic speaker, re- and we were there to talk about marriage and, and family. And, of course, all the evangelicals were there. They had. There was more of them speaking than us, but, you know, and marriage and family issues. Like Tomorrow is this uh, day set aside to commemorate the sanctity of life in which we pray for the protection of the lives of the unborn. And I said to them, there, and I will say it again to us, that we need to recognize that those who we oppose on the issue of abortion are us. The number of Catholics, the numbers of evangelicals, and the numbers of Orthodox percentage-wise, who have abortions is the same as non-believers. We're no different than they are. Uh, we know what's right. The church teaches us what's right. And true, the teaching of the church has never wavered on this. This is not a problem among our bishops. They teach us. They speak. You know, this is not a failure of our hierarchy. This is our failure. They us. And this is very, very important. And I I find it so striking that a a 20th century prophetic voice like Solzhenitsyn, who to me is sort of a 20th century inheritor of that tradition of Dostoevsky, that Solzhenitsyn, who himself, himself was in the gulag, and interestingly was arrested for saying bad things about Stalin. And you find out what was the bad thing he said about Stalin. It was he was criticizing Stalin for not being a good enough communist. Hmm. Soltanusian was not a practicing Christian at the time. He was arrested for being more communist than Stalin. I mean, that's okay. <laughs> All right. And he goes to prison. And it's there that, like Dostoevsky, he has a conversion. And he returns to the faith of his youth and of his family. And he had a pious family. And he comes to his Christianity and begins to understand the depth of those words of Zosima, each of us is responsible for the sins of all. Right now, I, I've been hearing people over the last year, I've actually gotten really angry emails sent to me because I'm not proclaiming uh, the last, uh, that, that this is the second coming, that these, this is the great tribulation. People to convinced. We got to do that. The church's got to do. I think, do what? I have no idea what we would do if these are the last days, other than pray more, uh, give more, uh, lay down our lives more, do what we've always been told. If you're not doing it now, you better start because you never know. It could be your best day. It could be my last day. It's always everybody's some day's last day. But. Now, Scripture tells us it's the day of salvation. We've done things in the past. We've created our own nemesis. We've created our own enemies. Our enemies, as people have discovered in the last couple of years, your enemies are almost often in your own family. there argue and arguing, fighting, fuss. And so it was. This was the children, the grandchildren, the priests, and have others who were leading him out. It's a wonderful Russian movie the son of a priest, I not remember the name of it, the son of a priest who finds redemption finally in that He's working as a Bolshevik during the revolution. He has to shoot a priest. It's the beginning of his own repentance. His guilt begins to work on him. This is always how it must be for us that we need to recognize the world is, even the other things like, you know, that we think of as being outside us. A few years ago, we were so desperately afraid of the Islamic terror and stuff like that. Islam was created by Christians. We created it. It came out of Christian heresies. We created it. And it spread. I mean, in one sense or another, it spreads because we were failing to preach the gospel as the gospel should have been preached. And as it rose, it gained a tremendous kind of power uh, precisely because Christians uh, were suffering from a at the time. And many other things. It really, it's just so difficult to ever point our finger and say, they, they, maybe Independence Day, you have aliens from another planet who come and attack you. That's what the best we can do. By and large, the whole planet is us, our enemies, our homegrown. You know, and as such a is right as Dostoevsky would have taught us before, this is the enemy in my heart, in my heart. So that the good, there's a good news about that too. If each man is responsible for the sins of the whole world, so also is each of us responsible and capable of repentance for the whole world if I'm united to the world in what has become in its darkness, so in my prayers and in my repentance and in my union with Christ, so the darkness of the world can be overcome in that light. And there's, that's just the way that Christ has given us the path for us to walk, is that this day, as we stand before God in his holy altar, we stand, as St. Siloam once said, as the whole Adam. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. I'm the one who died in the camps, and I'm the one who killed them. And this is how we pray. Each man is responsible for the sins of the whole world. And so we pray, and we shed tears of repentance on behalf of those who were killed, and on behalf of those who killed them. Um, and in our own day, now we shed tears for our own sins, and the darkness that confronts us, we created, we created, uh, oftentimes because they have never seen a real Christian, but only examples of hypocrisy that produce the darkness that is like a scourge against us. So we stand with boldness. I think it's one of the things I've admired most about what I've read in uh, Russian stuff since 1989, 90 or so. Has been its recognition uh, that uh, this is the story of of them as a whole nation, not just set aside holy confessors and martyrs and their great, and you know, know, there's a recognition that it's everything, that the whole people produced the martyrs and the camps. Uh, And that, I think, allows them to pray with a greater wholeness and I pray that they're able to take advantage of that we need to learn that as as Americans we have a great way of telling our story such that we're never wrong so that those who are on the right side get to be patriots while the others are traitors this is false this is a false narrative it's a wrong way to even think this is us we, God, have mercy on us That's how he teaches us to pray. And so, we ask the prayers of the holy martyrs uh, who wept for their nation, shed their blood, uh, and witnessed to Christ on behalf of their nation. And we are their spiritual children. Uh, And so, together with them, we pray, oh God, have mercy on us and on thy whole world. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.